Join From Beer to the Bible every week as Irvin Lee and co-host Sarah Oliveira McDonald warn others of the consequences of drug and alcohol addiction by being the voice of faith-based recovery. Every week, Irvin and Sarah help people get access to the treatment and counseling they so desperately need. They explore the depths of addiction and give practical life examples of how to recover and develop a new rhythm of living. The show is gritty, authentic, and simply raw while being rooted in the love, faith, and hope of God. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. I'm super excited today, myself and my co-host, Sarah. Hi guys, how are you? We are talking about God's love is present through addiction. God's love is present through addiction. We felt like we needed to talk about love and how God loves us despite our sin and also despite our addictions. So Sarah's going to start as we always do. We're going to anchor ourselves in the word of God. All right. Today we're coming to you from 1 John 4, 7 through 8. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not know God for God is love. Whew, there is a lot to unpack there. So let me do some housekeeping. Will you guys please continue to like, follow, subscribe, and share the show at FromBeerToTheBible.com and then also our YouTube channel. And let's talk about the reality of God's love. And on my way over here, like I normally do, I was praying and allowing the Holy Spirit to talk to me. And he took me back to even when I was young, how if anything bad happened to me, I was always looking up and saying, God, why did you do this to me? Why did you allow this to happen to me? So I was quite convicted and I was super excited to talk about this. And the question we tend to get when we start talking about why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to us? Because we all believe we're good, despite yep. uh, what our sin nature says to us. And one of the things that came to mind was sometimes I don't feel loved. I don't feel loved by God, but I know he loves me. And I want you guys to realize that too. Even when we don't feel like our heavenly father loves us, he does because the word of God says that God is love. So he cannot deny who he is. That's his nature. His nature is love. So even when bad things are happening, bad circumstances, addiction, yep. God still loves us. Yeah. And I think it's really important to separate, um, you know, our own, our own fathers, our earthly fathers or father figures from our heavenly father, yep. because a lot of times, um, we think about that. And if we didn't have a good role model as a father in our lives, we think that God doesn't love us in the yeah. same way. There's some kind of um, similarity there that goes on. And that was kind of my experience. I knew my dad loved me. I yeah. knew God loved me. But some of the things, some of the actions that, you know, our, our earthly <laughs> fathers do don't really line up with godly yeah. Uh, yeah. actions. And so there's just that, that whole deal right there is kind of interesting to me because yeah. I felt like God was way up here and yeah. I was way down here and I just could not figure out, you know, that love on my level. Yeah. The, 
the bridging of the gap. And I'm going to go back to what you said. I love you, Dad, by the yes, way. As absolutely. I to, we, we both love our dads. You guys are great. <laughs> now, as it relates to me and my father, my father was a big man. I was a little guy. And my dad did not grow up in my house, but he grew up to where I, I grew up to where I saw him every day. Now, when I would act out, my mom and my grandmother, my great grandmother would call him. So he would come over and discipline me and put the fear of God in me. Yep. So over time, I started to see God like I saw my dad, like he's this old man with gray hair sitting on the throne and I need to perform or he's gonna punish Exactly. Me, right? And, and so for years, that was kind of my relationship, not only with my earthly father, but also my heavenly father. And to be quite honest, I'm still learning how to receive the love of God. That was the other thing he was saying to me today over here is you have to allow me to love you and to receive my love because when you receive my love, you start to love yourself. And then that in turn allows me to to love others, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, well, mothers are there for us 24 seven. You know, yeah. they do all the, the little things for us. And when yeah. dad gets involved, it's serious. You know, yeah. you know, you did yeah. something wrong. You fear <laughs> your dad. You yeah. want, to, you look up to your dad. He's the strong male in your life, yeah. you know? And so, you know, that was the kind of thing that happened whenever I was in my addiction was I feared my heavenly father because I knew I was doing wrong. Yeah. And I didn't know how to have a relationship with him that was um, just love and um, just this back and forth, you know, relationship that I could understand. It was very much, I feared him. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely feared him because of what I was doing. It was even yeah. you know, augmented even more because I was not doing what I was supposed to be doing. <laughs> right. And they have this way of discerning and knowing when you're being mischievous or in my case, lying. Um, the other thing that as I was reading Genesis and Genesis three and the fall of man, what the Lord showed me was there were four relationships that were destroyed at the beginning of the fall of Adam and Eve. And he was walking me through that. And I said, well, how could that be? Well, we lost the relationship and intimacy with the father. We lost intimacy in the relationship with ourselves. We lost intimacy and relationship with others. And then we lost intimacy and relationship with his creation, right? Yeah. And those were all broken relationships. And if you go back and you look at our world now, we look at what's missing and you, you look at it and you say, well, where's the love, right? Mm -hmm. The love of one another, the love of husbands and wives. And you can all trace all of that back to all of these broken relationships. Yeah. And when the father showed me that my relationship, not only with him, which has been restored through Christ, but now I've got to restore the relationship with myself yeah. it, because when I, when he showed me that, I said, there's a lot of things that internally with myself that quite honestly, I, I was not, and I am not cool with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was the biggest thing for me is I didn't love myself. So how can I love other people, mm. much less God, you yeah. know? And that was one thing that I had to learn how to do all over again. Yeah. And we've talked about this on the show, but, you know, going off to treatment 
I got to get away from people, places, and things yeah. and, and find myself and who I was at my core again for the first time yeah. in a long time, probably since I was a child, because I didn't know Sarah. Yeah. I didn't know what she wanted, what she was capable of. I somehow lost all that in mm -hmm. my addiction. And I became just so low and little and I needed that opportunity to, first of all, find love for myself again mm -hmm. and explore God's love. And it wasn't until I got into treatment that yeah. I had this overwhelming presence that the Lord was with me. Yeah. He was with me the whole time yeah. because I did not get in as much trouble as I should have gotten into. Yeah. But when I stepped away from this world and and went into treatment where it was quiet and I could hear myself think for the first time, I heard him say, I love you, I am here for you, and I'm gonna get you through this. And yeah. so from that point on, I just, you know, I trusted him. Mm. And once you trust him, he is going to reveal himself more and more and more. And that was my experience. Yeah, and as I as I started to, cause I stopped praying, right? I, I can't remember, but it was a long time. When I, I remember one day, I just said, I'm done with prayer. Yeah. So I stopped praying and I started praying when I got to treatment and I'm talking to the Lord. And I'll be honest with you, I, I really needed him to explain to me why, right? You, you just, I, I was lamenting. And then there was two things that basically I got out of reading the word and talking to the Lord himself was, He's more concerned with conforming us to the image of Christ, right? That's what he wants. So sometimes in his, what's called his permissive will, he allows things, right? If you think back to the story of Job, he allowed Satan to basically test and, and, and test Job's faith by putting him in these really, really bad circumstances, right? Nothing that Job really did, he was upright. And so the Lord showed me that, hey, look, these circumstances and these things that I'm putting you through are molding you and it, it's, it, it's shaping your rough edges and it's conforming you to the image of Christ. And oh, by the way, some of this is consequences for decisions and things that you made because God loves us, but we have, you know, it says power, love, sound mind. So we have the ability and free will to make decisions. And with those decisions come consequences that are built into God's law. I always tell people, remember when God created his laws, the consequences for breaking the laws were written into the law. So God doesn't have to punish us when we break one of his laws. The consequences are already written into the laws. He's already punish Jesus for our sins, what we're doing is we're suffering the consequences of breaking his laws. Yeah. And we don't, uh, we've talked about this again. We don't think or talk about the suffering that we have to endure enough. Yeah. You know, yeah. we don't think about those things. And for us to go through some of the things that we go to, it is for us to get closer yeah. to him yeah. and it's okay. And so if anybody out there is watching and you're in it and you, you know, just surrender, he is going to provide for you. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is just ask yeah. and you shall receive. And that's, it's, it's very simple because yeah. like you said, I wasn't praying in my addiction the way <laughs> I was praying. Please God take this yeah, away from help. me. Yeah, Those God just help. simple, basic prayers yeah. that, 
I didn't know you weren't supposed to pray like that. Yeah. You're supposed to pray for his will for your life. Yeah. I was never taught that for some reason. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Um, when I changed the way that I prayed um, and I got out of his way and I allowed him to move in my life, mm -hmm. um, the experiences that he showed me were far more than I could imagine for myself. I mean, his love is far greater than I could have ever imagined for myself and others. And I, I love that he's been able to show me that. Mm -hmm. um, more and more well, it, it's we and i know i struggle and i watch my friends and i watch others struggle to receive god's unconditional love and there are two two keys or two things that i tried to apply to my life one was to fellowship with him the bible talks about praying without ceasing and that's really prayer is a conversation Yep. Meaning we talk and then you be quiet and you let God talk, right? But you're going to have to take the time to be able to do that, to build that fellowship. Then also fellowshipping is reading his word um, and spending time with him. And that's not anything that I was doing when I was in my active addiction. But as I started to get better, I started to uh, read the word because to renew your mind, you know, our minds are just kind of warped and they're racing all the time. And by reading God's word, fellowship, praying and worshiping him, then my mind and all those things started to be renewed. And then the other key thing is I was focusing so much on my problems, my circumstances, my addiction. Well, truth is God's bigger than addiction in any circumstance that any of us could be going through. So always remember that. So get your focus off the addiction, the problem, the trial, the circumstances, and get your focus on God and God's word. And then being around other people who the Bible says iron sharpens iron. We'll yeah. get around the right people and fellowship with them so they can encourage you teach you the word of God along with the power of the Holy Spirit so that your mind is renewed. And that's a, and I'll be quiet after this, but the renewing of the mind is a daily process. Yeah. If I miss a day, God forbid, two days of reading the word, I can notice my mind, it, it, I don't feel right. Yeah. I just don't feel right. Yeah, and I mean, while you're in your addiction and you're in your suffering, you do you do not think to to go do those things. Nope. You don't think you're worthy enough to do those yeah. things. So, I mean, if it's calling a friend and just sharing with them your struggle, that can be an open door conversation mm -hmm. that leads you to Christ or yeah. that leads you to recovery or that leads you to treatment. Um, some people go to a 12 step program yeah. and, you know, going to those programs, you'll hear what you need to hear, yeah. whatever it is that you're, you're wanting to do to get better or to start the process of getting better. Mm -hmm. God is involved in every step of that, you know, yeah. and, and he speaks through people. And so just the opportunity to just surrender is there for you. And then you just have to allow him to do his work. Yeah. And like you said earlier, um, prayer is a big part of it. There's such it power is. in prayer, but if we're not listening yeah. and we're not hearing what he's answering in those prayers, yeah. then we're not getting the message because yeah. that's what I did in my addiction. I was praying for him to take this away, but then I was just drinking <laughs> yeah. and I didn't want to hear, you know, what, what the next step was, what the message was. Yeah. He was probably like, 
you got to go to treatment. You yeah. got to go get yeah. help. Um, a long time before I actually heard it, but I had to get enough pain. Yeah. And, um, and I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I yeah. finally said, okay, I'm done with this. This yeah. is not the way that I want to live. Yeah. And I'm ready. I'm yeah. ready for you to come into my life. And that's how, that's and, how it worked. And if you look at both of our paths to sobriety, the common denominator is yes, we prayed. Yes, we had some faith, but we also took a step of faith. We took a step of faith. It's going to take you taking a step of faith to get out of either the circumstance, the addiction, whatever problem you're dealing with, because you have to marry up the faith and works together and then allow God, he'll come over top and start to provide the healing um, that you need. And one of the things I see the enemy using so many times against us who suffer from addiction is fear and dread, right? Mm -hmm. I kept, I kept sitting there saying, well, I know I'm an alcoholic. I know I need help, but if I do that, that means I can't drink anymore. Yep. So I was afraid, like, how are you going to cope with everyday life? You don't have any other coping mechanism. Your whole life, my whole life was built at that point, built around drinking. So I had no hobbies. So I, so he used all of these things. Well, your friends aren't going to like you. You won't have any friends. The church is going to reject you because you're an alcoholic. And I just remember like the book says a hundred forms of fear. So I just would say, I can't do anything. I'm just going to drink. Yeah. Right. And stay, he kept me for years frozen. And then when I would take a step of faith, it was always without God. Yeah. You know what I mean? In my own strength. And I'd muster up, you know, sometimes eight months, sometimes a year. I'd go to an event and then just fall down. Yeah. Well, it, our, all of our concepts of God are completely different. And like I said earlier, we meet people where they are. I got a call today um, from somebody that w knew that they needed to stop drinking. They yep. weren't sure whether they were ready to go to treatment or not. Um, and I asked her if she was a believer, if she uh -huh. believed in a higher power. And she was like, eh, I'm not so sure. I, I kind of believe. Yeah. But I'm a big Star Wars fan. And I had just watched Star Wars this yep. weekend with my stepson. Uh -huh. And it was so crazy how God used that experience. In my, and, and I was just like, okay, so you have Darth Vader and you have Yoda. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Which one do you want to follow? Yep. It was so weird. <laughs> but God is present in so many different ways. Yeah. And if we can just connect the dots to how people will listen or how people can start to, to maybe see God. Mm -hmm. If it's through Star Wars, it's through Star Wars, but eventually they will get there. Mm -hmm. But my job is just to kind of plant a seed, right? Yep. And that's all I try to do is plant a seed yep. and just make her realize that you're calling me for a reason yep. and you don't want to give up alcohol. And normal people don't <laughs> think like that. Normal people can just give it up and yeah, normal people can just say, um, take it or leave it. Yeah. And, and that is kind of where I was trying to get her mind wrapped around is, you know, this is something that you're using as a crutch. You do not want to give it up. And so that might be a problem. Mm -hmm. This might be leading to an addictive problem. And so anyways, I just think it's cool how God just uses us just to bring us a little bit closer to him or um, to bring somebody else a little bit closer to him. And that's something that I, I think is awesome. And I love that I get to do that today because before and when I was in my addiction, I was the farthest person that would be 
yeah. pouring into other people yeah. about Jesus. Yeah. You, and, you know, it keeps us sober and it gives us the opportunity to share what the Lord has done for us. And as you were talking, I was thinking about the word of God and it talks about how men, meaning human beings, we love our sin. Yeah. And you know this and I know this. When I was drinking, I love my drink. I mean, I'm just being honest oh, yeah. with you. I remember looking at that bottle of that brand and man, there was in my mind when I was getting ready to, to have, carry on my relationship with that vodka, I was happy. I, was, I felt like, yay, I'm complete. And now it's when I get up in the morning, you know, the enemy attacks and your mind starts racing. It's shutting that down and then having my relationship with the Lord that I feel complete and I feel whole. And a part of the reason I could not love him was one, I was in love with my idol, which was my addiction. Yeah. And we have to realize that in life, we create idols out of things. Mine just happened to be um, alcohol. And at one point I created an idol out of the business I used to steward. Yeah. At one point, I probably created a, no, no, probably. I created an idol out of money and resources and Absolutely. things. So I always was constantly having these idols trying to replace what I needed was the one true God and the living God and the relationship with him that Christ had afforded and I had the privilege to have. And once he showed me all that, I, I felt like, well, what happened? Well, I was deceived, mm -hmm. right? The world, if you look at television advertising, you look at these things, the enemy has done a great job of not only deceiving us, but then also distracting us from the things that mean the most. And one of those that I see him using against us is this busyness and keeping us distracted by things that have no eternal value yeah. that destroy fellowship between husband and wives, between friends, and just between people in the church. Yeah. Um, when you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, all these idols ourselves, you know, our ego yeah. is, is a big idol yeah. and not wanting to be humble and not wanting to give that up. That's, yeah. that's free will right there, yeah. you know, in its true form. And, um, our ego is the devil, you know, yeah. that's the enemy. And then because nature, me, 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 you yeah. know, we want to, we want to have that great job. We want um, all these great things for ourselves. We want the husband, the house, the the all the things, yeah. you know. And um, that's not what God wants for us. God first and foremost wants us to have a relationship with Him. Yeah. And today, I put God, family, work in that order, mm -hmm. um, and everything everything works out so much better yeah, when I yeah. do that. When I put God at the center of my marriage, God at the center of my family, yep. God at the center of my job, everything is just as it's supposed to be. And yep. I wasn't told that before because, you know, <laughs> I'm going after the hustle yep. early in my career yep. and I wanted to check off the boxes and I wanted to have all the things. Man. And I, I don't know, I just, I would, I'm sure I was told, I'm sure, you know, I was taught to put God first, but when you get out there, it, it's, you forget, you know? Yeah, you, you forget and the devil, he, he knows, and in our flesh, I, I tell people, yes, do we have this enemy who came to kill, steal and destroy? Yes, we do. But I also walk around in this fleshly sinful suit, right? My flesh and my flesh 
desires, things that don't line up with the word of God, that don't don't line up with the Holy Spirit who guides me. You know, the word tells us to walk in the spirit and not the flesh. Well, there's this battle that goes on constantly, constantly. right? And you have to, you can't, that's why I, I realize the word says be sober and be alert because this suit just will tell you to do stuff that you're like, wait a minute, that's not right. That doesn't line up with the word of God. So I have to be very careful what I do. And because I too, meaning this fleshly suit is a great enemy that I gotta be aware of constantly uh, about its desires, its lust. You talked about ego. And I think that in my addiction, I probably was never more disappointed in myself and in life when I could check the box on all that stuff that they say the American dream is. And I had all that. And I'm looking around going, why am I so unhappy? Yes. I would call it, I think when I had all that stuff that they tell you you should have, I think I was depressed. Yeah. Which, which to me, I was like, how's this so? I can check the box on the business, the house, the da, 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 da. I got the American dream. Why am I like not happy? Yeah. Well, you talked a lot about, I mean, we talked earlier about, you know, having to listen to, to see what God is, is trying to tell us. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happens in this everyday world. We have to listen to other people yeah. um, to assess the situation. If not, we react and then we might offend somebody or yeah. we might um, have to make amends later. Some people mm -hmm. don't even know how to make amends to people. Yeah. And so that's what I get to do every day is I get to think about what I'm going to say, how mm -hmm. I'm going to react, if it's going to hurt somebody. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do all that stuff before. And I think that is part of God's love. It's because I, I didn't know how to do that. And a lot of the world doesn't know how to do that today. Yeah. And so just being able to listen to somebody and, you know, think about what I'm going to say, is that going to hurt those people? Is that mm -hmm. going to be a message of his, his love, his yeah. word, his truth? Am I able to pour into somebody? Now, don't get me wrong. Some people do not act the way that we want them to act. Yeah. Um, but guess what? I don't have to take it personally today. Yeah. I can pray for that person. There are um, there are tools in my toolbox that I could use to change that situation. Yep. I might, you know, get away from a conversation and feel um, empty or like, mm -hmm. I don't know if that was something that, that I don't know, I might get offended. Um, yep. But I can just say, maybe that person had a bad day today. Oh, yeah. Or maybe that person is going through something that I don't know about. And mm -hmm. I didn't used to be able to do that. I used to react and make a lot of people angry yeah. and cause a lot of chaos and destruction. Yeah. Um, and I think of God's love being, being just that if I can love somebody else the way God loves me, then maybe I can show them, um, what that looks like. And that's what we're called here to do. We're, we're called here to be God's people, um, and to show people what God looks like through our own actions. Yeah. I, many times the Lord gives us these wonderful opportunities to love somebody. And most times they are not the easiest to love. Yeah. Right. And I remember saying to the Lord, Hey, you keep bringing me these people. And he said to me, I'm bringing you, you. And I was like, uh, yeah, you are. Yeah. And he's like, love on them. And to me, it took a while because I was like, I don't know. And then I'm thinking, 
yeah, I, I act like that. That was me. Mm -hmm. So he, he showed me a picture and he says, now I want you to love on them. And the funny thing happened, the more I tried to love on them, the more I started to love God, the more I started to reach out and love other people, yeah. love my family. And, and like the people that he really truly gave me to love, just by loving on the people that I would say weren't necessarily my choice and resemble who I used to be yeah. and weren't necessarily the easiest to love. Same situation with me. I think God puts people in my life that um, were exactly like I was and they frustrate me. And, you know, all I can think about is mm -hmm. what, what would have what, what did God do for me? Who did God put in my life yeah. at that, at that time? Yeah. And, um, you know, especially with our family members, I put my husband into treatment yeah. and when he was acting up, I didn't want to love him, you know, the way God did, but you know, I continue to pray for him. I continue to do the next right yeah. thing. And today we have a beautiful thing going. Mm -hmm. And it was through those struggles that created an even more beautiful marriage for yeah. us. And so anybody that's out there that's struggling with a loved one or you're struggling yourself, God is love. Yeah. And if you can continue to love that person through their addiction, they will come around. They will appreciate that love from you that you provided them. Um, people ask me all the time, you know, when they're doing an intervention or when they're trying to approach their loved one about going to treatment or how yep. should I talk to that person? I say, talk in love. Yes. I love you. I care about you. Yep. I want you to go get help. This is how to do it. Call this lady. She can help you. And mm -hmm. that's how the conversation starts is in love rooted in love and then things start to change yeah because then a little bit of love gets shown to them and they start feeling that little bit of love of themselves yeah. you know because many of us don't we we don't love ourselves and I'm gonna talk about you know as we begin to wrap up there are two things that I see the enemy using to keep us from loving ourselves loving others and loving God's church, and that's fear and doubt, right? When we start talking about, he's always looking to cause doubt by keeping you focused on your circumstances, keeping you in fear. Yeah. So remember, the Bible, depending on the translation, says 85 times or more, do not fear. That's how important it is to God. So I'm gonna tell you guys, do not fear but trust in the unconditional love of God. I always say this, and I say this and I mean this because I thought this for so long, I thought God was mad at me. But really, God was drawing me to himself through my circumstances. Mm -hmm. And we remember that if you look in Romans 8, 28, he says that I will cause all things to work together for the good. Yep. So as you fellowship with him, as you focus on Christ Jesus, you will begin to see fear and doubt replaced with faith and trust in the Lord our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we close, any closing thoughts? Um, I just, I didn't pick up the Bible when I was deep in my addiction. That's yeah. not something that I turned to. And mm -hmm. the first thing I turned to when I got into treatment was my dad had bought me the life recovery Bible. Yep. And 
I could understand that because it had addiction pieces in it with God's word. Mm -hmm. um, so if anybody out there um, doesn't have that, the Life Recovery Bible is a great resource for people to kind of start getting into the process of recovery and 12-step recovery, but it's through the Bible. And I think that's something that was very helpful to me and it might be very helpful to you. Yes. And as we close, remember, God loves you. We love you. Put your love, faith, and hope in Christ Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Thank you for tuning in to this week's From Beer to the Bible. Make sure to tune in next week when Irvin and Sarah gift you with even more addiction recovery information. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And remember, we're always there for you.